Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another stabby snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. It is I, your co-host, Jessica, and I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Well, we hope you just had a wonderful Christmas if you observe it. It is the day after today. So Mm -hmm. if you're in Canada, happy Boxing Day. Hooray. Hooray. I don't know what that is. So if you want to tell me what that is, I'd be excited to learn. (laughs) (laughs) But today we're going to dive right into our stabby like we usually do. It's going to be on the Heidi Bassard case. On December 12th of 2019, Heidi Bouchard dropped her six-year-old son Silas off at Callan Elementary School in Austin, Texas. This was early in the morning and they know this was her because she was captured on surveillance, dropping him off at the school. I guess she had like take him in, Mm -hmm. possibly. It is believed that Heidi and her two-week-old daughter, Margaret, or as known as Margot, returned home shortly after. And this was about 7.30 a.m. And they lived in an apartment complex on William Canyon and South First Street. Several, I emphasize the word several, several hours later, Heidi's boyfriend, slash fiance, Shane Carey returned home from work to find that Heidi and Margot were missing. Everything in the house was still this, like, looked the same. Heidi's purse was there. Margot's diaper bag was there. So it seemed really odd that the two wouldn't be there. So he went and picked up his son, hoping maybe, like, they had stepped out or something. Maybe went for a little jaunt of a walk and came home. And when they hadn't come home, He began to panic, and at 7.31 p.m., he called the police to inform. Now, I'm only going to speculate because I haven't found concrete evidence of this, but my speculation is that the reason he called probably a lot later than we would think is he was probably trying to call people to track her down. Yeah, that would make sense. You're supposed to do your due diligence and not just call the police (laughs) right away. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So the police immediately issued out a BOLO, which stands for be on the lookout. They did it within the state and federal, and they did like a reverse 911 call, which sends it out to everyone in those areas. I think like 4,000 people got alerted. I don't know if anyone else has gotten one of those where it like Mm -mm. you get a phone call and it's like a missing person, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In my neighborhood, a helicopter just goes over and screams at you. Wow. It's true fact. I mean, we get helicopters and aircrafts all the time, but they don't do that. (laughs) No. Okay. Side note, funny story. The old place I used to work, the old building I used to work in Mm -hmm. was near like a mall and a major highway interchange. Mm -hmm. And so you'd get kind of some riffraff from the mall and slash the interstates. And I was dying because one day the helicopter's going over announcing like, please stay inside. There's a violent or potentially violent person. She's about... 
I think it was like 5'6", 135 pounds. She's wearing black pants and is not wearing a top. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, everyone in the building has now gone outside because they're like, what the hell? She's not wearing a shirt? Of course we're not going to stay inside. (laughs) She sounds tiny. Like She was like in a car that had to do with the police shooting. Mm. Fun end of the story is they were doing parking lot searches of all cars leaving the area and she was under a car like wrapped underneath like I don't even know what part maybe hanging up I don't know what parts are under there please don't at me I'm, I'm not a mechanic <laughs> but she was under there topless just hanging on and the all and the there she's lucky actually because they, it's a very steep like dip out so I have a feeling like she would have like got hit in that but they were like the guy backed out drove forward and the cops were like we got to look under your car mm-hmm. and i guess the guy made the joke why would someone hide under my it was a truck why would someone hide under my truck and they're like you know because it's a little higher off the ground <laughs> and they just dropped down and there she was oh my and they think god. she'd been there a while because she was dirty oh my god so this is a two for today you get two stories <laughs> wow okay <laughs> yeah that, that's what happens in sacramento Oof. anyone from sacramento you'll you'll understand <laughs> But like I said, Sean did the right thing. He called the cops. They put out a bolo and they start looking, you know, and it's in the area. People are like, if you see this woman, the baby is very young. Obviously, the baby at the time was two weeks old. They were very concerned. All of her friends were notified, including one Miss Megan Faramuska. Faramuska Humphreys. But after a while, everyone just dropped the Faramuska because that's a hard last name. Mm-hmm. So Megan and Heidi had been friends for about 20 years. They met at church camp or at camp. They were like really good friends. I'm assuming because they're 33, they met when they were th- around 13. So they had basically grown up together. And Heidi had just had her baby. And according to Megan, she was due on the 1st of December. So they had gone. Not only had they grown up together, but they were pregnant together. Now, Megan did live 200 miles away, but was there at the birth of Margot. So let's just say like she was there in the room with Heidi and her mom when Margot was born. So this person is very, very important to Heidi. Mm -hmm. After getting a tip or a lead, I've looked over and haven't been able to find where the lead came from. But I have a sneaking suspicion that someone was like, you know, this chick said she was pregnant and then showed up with a baby. But no one knows how to baby go <laughs> type thing. This is my suspicion. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, December 18th. So this was like, or no, December 18th was a Wednesday. I stand corrected. They execute a search warrant of the premises. And upon searching Megan's car, they just say in the back of Megan's car, they find the body of Heidi or a female white body matching the description, which was later identified as Heidi. Mm -hmm. Now I'm thinking probably trunk area because I don't know how many people could keep a body in the backseat for a week and nobody notice. Yeah. The trunk would make the most sense. Right. Megan has been arrested and has been charged with three counts, two counts of kidnapping and one count of tampering with a corpse or tampering with evidence that happened to be a corpse which I've heard it read both ways. Uh, Interestingly enough, girlfriend has not been charged with murder because they don't actually know if Megan committed this murder, which, I mean, let's face it, the body was in her car. It's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. You cannot keep a dead body in your car 
and not have people notice. Yeah. I just can't believe that. I mean, I know there's like processes to everything, but it's like it's crazy that she doesn't have the murder charges yet because it's kind of like you don't just kind of come across your right best friend's dead body and then keep her baby for two fucking weeks and not say anything <laughs> right like barely like yeah i mean it was like six days okay yeah it's crazy but um i mean <laughs> jessica's face <laughs> i don't know because there could be someone else could have killed her so she could keep the baby we don't know yet so she wasn't charged with murder but she was she's in prison she has appeared in court but not for what you think apparently girlfriend had like eight six to eight like traffic violations including like driving without a valid registration all the way back from like March or April of 2018. So she had to go to court to do those and she's been found guilty of those charges. It's like, okay, okay, Houston police. Now, I want to also say this, like Heidi was in Austin and Megan was in Houston, which is about 200 miles apart. Mm -hmm. It's not like Sean or Heidi's parents were at Megan's house and was like, that's my child or my grandbaby. Like she was so far away. But one of their other friends who was actually at the time that Megan was arrested was on a podcast and like it was being recorded and she was like watching it happen. Mm. She's like, oh, my God, that's Megan. Like she knew who it was. Like she knew whose house it was. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. So her, all of Heidi's friends, all of Heidi and Megan's friends say this is so weird because they have been friends for so long. They don't understand how this could have happened. And the fact that Megan was so involved with the search, like she was calling every two to three hours. She was talking with people. She was being very like, we got to find we got to find Heidi. Like, that's how she was acting. But she was obviously, I think, still pretending to be pregnant and Still, like, I can't travel because, and I mean, Mm. that works in her favor. Like, I can't travel because I'm pregnant. Right. The only thing that was missing from Heidi was her cell phone. So that might have been a thing. Like, they that might have been way they found Heidi. I don't know. They haven't released that information yet because they literally just found her last week. And, of course, Mm -hmm. we've talked about how, you know, police like to keep things to their chest so that the fakers. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I found interesting is They started like a lot of the news reporters start talking statistics like statistically women do not kidnap children. Mm -hmm. It's men and typically it's related to them. So like how it works is like when they look at children abductions, they look at, you know, 95 percent of cases where a child is abducted or this is I think is what they said. They know the person. It's very rare that like a random person just picks this kid up. And again, it could be someone that the kid knows that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Majority of the time of that time, it's males. A lot of it has to do with like fathers, like kidnapping their children. We get um, Amber Alerts a lot where I live for like last scene with father and took off, Mm -hmm. especially in California where everyone like they're like and heading south and you're like, oh, I wonder where they're going. Hmm. I mean, I would say I was like act like I was heading south, but go north. Canada. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Equal distance if you're in Northern California. True. (laughs) Just say. But there are exceptions for when women kidnap. And most of the time it is around infants. Mm. Motives typically are around women wanting to take the child for themselves. A lot of times when women have miscarriages, they'll identify someone who's pregnant or just recently given birth and target them. Um, This case kind of reminded me of I've talked about how I'm a fan of the show Bones. There was a case like this on there where 
like a mother killed someone because her baby died, shaken baby syndrome. So she she killed this other woman for her baby. Mm. But that baby was like four. Anyway. And here's the thing, like Megan was saying she was pregnant. She was putting on she had an online like baby registry. She had all of these things. But from what I've kind of gleaned from the media, it didn't seem like she was having that like typical pregnancy. Like, I don't know if she had a baby shower or anything like that. All I know is that, you know, she probably snapped. The official cause of death for Heidi is strangulation. Like up until like yesterday, I want to say they weren't saying that baby Margot was baby Margot. They were saying that it's a baby that was that looked like Margot, but they got DNA testing back to confirm that she is, in fact, Margaret Carey. Mm-hmm. Up until like I just looked two hours ago, at least this is when it was released. Today, actually, Sean got Margot back. Oh, good. Which makes sense that they would, you know hold the baby in in protective custody because what if he had something to do with it? They wouldn't want to turn the baby over to him. Right. You never know. Right. Now, of course, because this case just there's just an arrest and stuff like that. We don't have all the details, so we'll definitely be bringing you updates as we go. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely going to watch this one carefully because this is this is crazy. Right. It's not what you expected at all. Yeah. Because when you see, like, as terrible as it sounds, when you see pregnant wife or wife with baby missing, you think husband. Like, sorry, that's just the statistics. Right. And now that it's turned into something else, and thank God that at least the baby's alive. Right. It's just, like, that alone is just mind-blowing. And things are pointing at this best friend. Like we talked about off recording, it's like one of the five fucking million Lifetime movies. Yeah, Tara was like, this is, they're going to make a Lifetime movie about this. I was like, no, Tara, they've already made this Lifetime movie. (laughs) Pretty sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. My other question is if she ever was actually pregnant. Right. Um, If it's anything crazy like that. Or what's exactly the deal? I know, obviously, this case is like already getting a ton of media attention. So you'll bring us these details as they unfold. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what else will be coming out with it. Yeah, I I can't like I don't want to say I can't wait. But like I in a way, it's like I want this to kind of come to a head and get solved because I feel like especially it being this time of year, being Christmas time. And yeah, I mean, we talked about this kind of like on the Peterson case, like this is a really hard time of year to lose someone because it's like, mind you, she has a six-year-old child who, you know, I was watching one article, like one clip and, you know, they gave gave him all his Christmas presents early. Aww. They let him like have Christmas early because he like, miss- he knows his mom's missing and like, yeah. he kn- and probably now knows that his mother is gone and not coming back. And I just think of like how for me, when it gets around the time of when my parents died, like I get, I get sad. Mm-hmm. But they're like in rant, like March and like the summer months, right? Like it's not Christmas. And then I think, how hard can it be for that little boy? And then how hard it is for like her loved ones, like her parents. Oh my God, her parents are so cute and adorable. And like I was watching interviews with them and they were just like, we hope that she's okay. We hope that she just like got lost. And I'm like, what do you mean she got lost? No. Oh. This is 2019. Nobody just gets lost anymore. Yeah. Not in Austin. 
So again, we've talked about this several times about how there's other victims of crimes, which is yeah. the family. And I, I hope that they get healing. And I know that they'll never be whole, but mm-hmm. I hope that at least for their her son that he can have some sort of peace about this. Yeah. So that's all I have for today. Like Tara said, I will bring you updates as they come along. We will see you guys on Monday for listeners. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, and thank you to those who submitted listeners stories and um, hope you have a great weekend and we will see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.